good enough? Is it good enough? Is the question. Welcome to EG. And this is our first episode. My name is Xtina, and I'm here with Babs. So, a little bit about myself I'm an ENFP, and I'm a Leo, so get ready for some real Leo things. I feel like, honestly, it's embarrassing how well I kind of fit into a Leo category sometimes, but minus the negative things they say. Or so, if I'm being self-aware, a, maybe not. <laughs> that's such a Leo thing such to a say. Leo thing. I'm, I'm a Leo all, without the bad Leo stuff, you know. Means you're probably a bad Leo. <laughs> well, I'm Babs, I'm an Aries, and I'm an ESTJ, which means I'm probably going to end up a dictator one day, if I'm not one already. And I'll probably just be staring at a mirror and now <laughs> find me somewhere. Yeah, I um, feel like my horoscope really ties to my, my um, oh, I can't remember what they're called right now. Your Myers-Briggs. Yeah, my Myers-Briggs, because both of them have fire. Oh, I think Leos and Aries are supposed to get along really well. Yeah, because they're both right? fire signs. I don't know if I've met, like, any other Aries. Or if I have any, like, other Aries friends. There's only room for one of us in your Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too fiery. It's too big. I have a lot of Leo friends, which is kind of weird. Birds of a feather. Like... They, we just all just all conjugate together because we're just too <laughs> fiery all the time. Um, we're just kind of fiery in an asshole kind of way. Yeah, but I think if you embrace it, I feel like that's <laughs> embrace the asshole. Embrace the fire, I think, at the end of the day. Well, it's really funny. Have you ever watched Avatar? You know, I haven't. Like, I've watched parts of it, but I haven't, like, binge watched it. I know it came on Netflix and everyone was like binge watching it yeah so i binge watched it and for like anybody who's seen it so to put my personality in a nutshell i'm almost embarrassed to say this and so i am the fire lord which is the ultimate like enemy. is that the girl no that's his salty daughter who uh. who spits the blue fire yeah yeah but yeah the fire lord is literally the enemy of the avatar the entire show and I took a personality test, and it's like, ESTJ is a fire lord. And I was like, great. And then, I mean, I know you don't do Harry Potter, but I'm also Slytherin. So <laughs> it's just kind of getting stacked against me. Man. I promise I'm a good person. I'm an ESTJ <laughs> with all the good traits. <laughs> Only. Okay. Let's see. I took a Harry Potter thing once, but then I didn't really know what I was answering because I didn't know much about Harry Potter, but I got Gryffindor. But then people, like, look at me and they're like, you're totally Hufflepuff. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but thanks. I could see you as a Gryffindor, though. Yeah. I can. I probably... Because everyone was like, oh, that's like the... Isn't that like kind of the, like, Harry's one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, technically yeah. he chose his house. And oh. if anyone disagrees <laughs> with me, at me, and let's talk about it. <laughs> but like Potter man. <laughs> but, like... He totally told the Sorting Hat, I want to be Gryffindor. He was like, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. That's some shit I'd do. I would totally do that. I'd be like, yo, hat, put me in the right house, please. You're like, don't put me yeah. with evil people. I'd be like, yeah. yo, yo, please, hat, please. No, I fully embrace the Slytherin, like, through and through. Oh, okay. I think you need to start watching the movies 
and, and like report back. Maybe that would yeah, be. Yeah, I would actually say read the books. I prefer the books to the movies. Mm, yeah. But you'd have to like you know read. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why I really only listen to a lot of podcasts compared to reading. But I don't mind reading. But when I was younger, they had the Harry Potter books, and all the smart kids were reading them in like first grade. And I was like, I want to be smart. So I would take out a Harry Potter book and then not be able to read it. And I was just like, you know what? I hate this. I was like, I'm done with Harry Potter. So I guess you're saying I'm a smart kid. <laughs> yeah. Were you reading them in first grade? I mean, they didn't exist oh, when I was in school? first grade because I'm old, as you like try to remind me all the time. <laughs> but they definitely existed when I was in fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. I gave up on reading at that time. I didn't start reading a lot until I was in middle school. And my, my first book I read that I really liked was 13 Reasons Why. And I read it in, like, a day. And then I was like, I love books. And then I just read, like, all those, like, nasty teen books. It's such an emo book, too, to, like, jumpstart you into reading. But I guess as long as you're reading, that's important. Yeah, I read that book. And then just, like, really kind of, like, dark teen novels. Why? Which warped my sense and stuff. Why novels? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all the, like, looking for Alaska books, too, and stuff. And I was like, I know what love is from these books. And then I didn't at all. Did you read Twilight? Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. I was actually embarrassed that I actually read it. They're, and, they're legit. Yeah, they were like the starter pack to Fifty Shades of Grey, though. That <laughs> like, was exactly what I was thinking. Like, you said Twilight Zone. Um, Twilight Zone. Um, Twilight, and that's the first thing I was thinking about. I was like, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like, yeah, looking back on it, I was like 16 reading the fourth book, and I was like, oh, yeah. Feathers everywhere. Yeah. And you're like, Wow. <laughs> I was like, Edward, be my prince. And then I'm like, wait, gross. And then the movies came out, and then I was like, really gross. Yeah. My AIM screen name was Team Jacob AAF, always and forever. <laughs> and it hasn't ended. It's okay. Mine was SC Surf Girl 14, so. I had and a- it was G-U-R-L for clarification. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had another one. This was my, my probably my favorite screen name. Chinese Chrissy. That was, that was it. And, I'm, and it's funny because I'm only half Chinese, so. That's a mixed up mixed kid <laughs> moment there. Mump. Yeah. So, fun fact Babs and I are actually both mixed. Uh, <laughs> I'm half Chinese and I'm half Greek, so. Yes. Yeah. What are you? What are you? Well, what am I? That is the question these days. What am I? Is Who it good enough? I? Is it good? Exactly. Is it good enough to be a mixed kid? But. I am, so, it's, like, complicated, but not, so my dad's adopted, but I'm just gonna lean in and say he's, like, white, like, make it simple. I have, like, a weird last name. Everyone thinks it's Russian, but it's, like, not. It's, like, Yugoslavian, but anyway, that's that story, and I refuse to, by the way, take those DNA tests, and we'll save that for a different reason. I would love to talk about that, because I have, I'm, I'm with you, okay. And then the other side of me is, like, I'm Filipino, but I'm also Chinese, so, I'm a Filipino-Chinese mix. <laughs> so, before, when we were trying to come up with our uh, title or the name of our podcast, we were thinking about how we are mixed-up mixed kids. So, when you kind of break that down into a word, it's mumk. <laughs> so, if we're saying mumk, that's what it means. And I feel like I pull a lot of mumk things just throughout my life. <laughs> Always yeah. kind of mixed up. <laughs> it's like what I was saying earlier, rice fish sauce and ketchup that's like completely disgusting and i would never put that on rice but it's like the three items i can think that describe 
like, monk with food. Oh, yeah. I have... So, I put seaweed in eggs a lot. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. I feel like normal, though. Yeah. Like, sushi, <laughs> tamago. Yeah. Like, it's literally eggs wrapped in seaweed. Exactly. So, I put my seaweed on the inside, and I'll roll up my eggs, and then I'll put like spicy um like gar- crunchy garlic on it and i fed it to someone who is not asian and they and i was like this is the best thing you'll ever eat like this is so good and then he ate it and he was like why do your eggs taste like fish and i was like um because it tastes good that way but did you hear from him again <laughs> <laughs> we ended up not working out <laughs> But yeah, maybe if I next time I'm gonna put some ketchup on it and just make it a monk thing. <laughs> like, I feel I don't know. That sounds like is that see that's where we're like messed up, right? Because <laughs> we think it's normal to put seaweed in our eggs. Yeah, and make your eggs taste like fish. So uh, do things not normally taste this way? Think about it though. We're making a chicken taste like something from the sea. Like yeah, tuna. Oh, that's true. Tuna is kind of like. I mean, I don't want to get in trouble, but you know, blah, 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 the sea. (laughs) It is. Good point. Guys, check it out for breakfast. Eggs and seaweed. It's great. And don't put ketchup and fish sauce on your rice. Like, that (laughs) sounds awful. Don't do that one. But, I mean, for Thanksgiving growing up, like, we always had dim sum Chinese for lunch. And then we would always have an American, like, Thanksgiving. How did you eat two meals on Thanksgiving? Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm a bottomless pit. Like, I actually take pride in how much I can eat sometimes. It's concerning. But, like, my uncle would come over at, like, 11 a.m., right? Like, right after everything opened in Chinatown, he'll stop by. He'll bring just things of dim sum. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have eaten. I'm just like, mmm, food. And then we'd eat dim sum. Actually, you know what? Just from that time until turkey, like, we were just eating the whole time. I just feel like I would just down everything and just die yeah i'm a like i'm a thanksgiving one and dinner and maybe there's dessert really yeah i just i so i don't do well i think with a ton of carbs and i don't eat turkey <sighs> i know <laughs> <laughs> this is where i may not be good enough for you anymore. <laughs> so i'm not a huge fan of turkey like it's not my jam i don't know why i just think it's super dry if i eat it i have to like have it mixed i'm that person on thanksgiving that mixes all the shit together because i need it to be moist Moist. and i hate that word but it's the only way to describe it yeah Mm. i don't like turkey um but i love the sides so i am attacking the stuffing the mashed potatoes the green beans like all that and that's so heavy casserole i think is one of the best dishes like (laughs) just classic green bean casserole too take canned green beans like condensed soup and some onions and like i just think that's a great dish right there like it's simple it's really processed and it's amazing like yeah so that's why i make it from scratch you do (laughs) i do i made it from scratch actually this last thanksgiving um yeah it was pretty dope i actually have a funny story about green bean casserole (laughs) so when my husband and i first started dating um, I went to Thanksgiving at his family's place, and he's like, my mom makes the best green bean casserole ever. And I was like, okay, like, cool. And so I eat it. He's like, it's my mom's recipe. It's so great. And I looked at Zach, and I was like, hey, I'm pretty positive your mom makes this off the back of a can. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it's great. And then he had no idea that it was made from the From the, the back of a can. Yeah. yeah. This whole time. <laughs> 
And so I kind of like crushed my husband's like childhood dream. <laughs> like his, yeah, like the fond memories of his green bean casserole. You're yeah. like, this is a cat. It's <laughs> like I told him, it's like I just told him Santa Claus wasn't real. <laughs> to just tell him, like, hey, your mom's green bean casserole is like kind of super processed and <laughs> not as original now. as you think it is. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, like, give us a like or a good rating if you like green bean casserole. You know, just shout out to the green bean casserole. I think I actually have a recipe I could just post up <laughs> on Twitter after this. Yeah, like, y'all want a green bean casserole dish? I do. This is, I also use this, like, notebook that I'm writing my notes in to write down random recipes. So I also have <laughs> uh, sweet potato pie, um, lumpia. Oh, look at my green bean casserole. Oh, I love this notebook. The notebook that she's been using to, like, write stuff down for the podcast just has, like, a Target receipt in it. <laughs> like, a random that, receipt. Did I? Some recipes. Yeah. Oh, it totally did. It was mm. my... It's actually my Thanksgiving receipts. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I had all my ingredients. That's okay. This is my... This is actually my journal that I use that, like, I'll just journal in. But, like, I have random stuff in here, too. Like, I drew a, a lamppost the other day. Like, I was staring... Not a lamppost. A light... Like, I was just sitting, I was like, I'm gonna just draw this in here. This is a random ass notebook, too. Oh, it's better than me. Like, every time I try to journal, because people are like, oh, you should explore and get to know yourself yeah. and journal. And I'm like, weird flex, but okay, I'll give it a shot. And then I get one page in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna tell all my thoughts and my stories. And then I did, I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then I just never touch it again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I love journaling. I think that's one, for me, that's something that I found that really helps me, like, process things. And I think it's because... So I'm an extrovert and I feel like I process everything outside of my head. Like I need to say it to someone and they don't need to say anything back to me. I just need to say it out loud. And then as I'm saying it out loud, that's when everything starts connecting. But for some reason, it just doesn't in my head really, if that makes sense. Like I'm just an external thinker, I feel like. And I need to bounce it off people and kind of. So writing it down kind of helps me process things. I feel like that's why I really like journaling. But... Yeah, it just, I, I'm challenging, I'm challenging, I have a difficult time connecting with my emotions, <laughs> but I think that, I mean, using my Myers-Briggs being an ESTJ, there's no Fs in there. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't really lead with thinking with my emotions, and so I think they're kind of like on the back burner for me, so like when I try to express, I try to be expressive, I do, and I've gotten a lot better about it, almost to a fault, but yeah, I just... For me, I'm like, oh, I'm sad. Cool, I'll deal with it, and then I'll just move on. Um, but I think that that has a lot to do with, um, like, my background. I guess like people are trying to get to know us, but I am diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and so I've just had to, I think, kind of find my own way to cope so that it doesn't kind of take over my life. Mm. So I just kind of opt to like be like, okay, hey, I'm sad. I acknowledge it, and then I move on. Yeah. I just realized, like, as you said ESTJ, I, like, looked up mine, and I was like, ENFP. I was like, we are total opposites, basically. <laughs> yeah. Opposites on everything. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I read this article, too, one time. I think how you said, like, just dealing with emotions, like, saying, um, addressing that you're actually sad is really important sometimes. Like, I think that's something that just understanding your emotions and acknowledging them compared to trying to push them back and like get over them it makes it almost worse because then you're like harboring something yeah. in the back of your head like i'm not sad i'm not sad it's like no you are like you are just be you know kind of look at it like that way and then you can process it once you acknowledge it 
Yeah, it kind of, like, moves into that spiral that you can kind of create with your emotions. Why I think it's good to process it. So, like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? (laughs) And it's, like, all those negative emotions get you questioning every part of your life. So, it's kind of, like, by confronting them, you can kind of just process them faster. Like... I've had a lot of conversations, you know, and I know we were, we're trying to stay away from talking about current events, but I think with the emotions, it's super relevant right now is that like we have to move on a path of acceptance because there has been so much loss. And I think that we, as people were like, oh, this isn't so bad. Like we're going to get this time back, but it's like, we might not. Yeah. And I think that for us to be better productive to accept the new normal, we have to accept and grieve the loss of our old lives. Whoa! <laughs> you are right. I need to, you know, I think that's a good point. I haven't really even thought about the concept that the time that we are losing now, like, maybe we won't get it back. And I think one big thing, too, that we've been talking a lot about at work, so just a little background, I do training and development, so we've just been talking a lot about how this is, all the current events are kind of changing how we teach and just how business goes along and it's kind of like maybe we won't ever go back to how business used to be how we used to cheat like how we used to do learning and stuff like that and I think maybe we kind of also need to look at life too like maybe we will never really go back to anything like this is the new normal in a way not in a bad way but it's something to acknowledge like yeah I think life I one thing I do dig is, like, I feel like life has slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as much as it's been a convenience all our life to have stores open 24 hours, I think it'd be great if stores closed at 8 p.m. Again. Right. And with, like, everything going on, like, going to Whole Foods or whatever, just using that as a point of reference because it's a grocery store nearby. But it's, like, I love that they close at 8. Like, for me... I don't need to grow. Why would, why do, why did I used to buy groceries at nine o'clock at night? Right. Like, I understand people have weird schedules and stuff and like, I get it. You know, we're a 24 hour environment because capitalism has forced us to be 24 hour employees, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I kind of want people to have their families back in that time. And I, I don't know. I just, I act all hard. Actually, I am pretty hard, but, like, I enjoy the time that I've had back because it's, like, when 8 o'clock rolls around, I'm chill. I'm not worried about errands. I'm Mm. not worried about going to a bar. I'm not worried about socializing. It's, like, 8 p.m. rolls around. Things are closed. It's, like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's true. And especially with companies, they're kind of letting more and more people work from home, and then suddenly it's, like, oh, wait, we're spending more time with the family and things like that. So, um yeah, I did, um, because I, I too work, for reference, I work in a an environment where I deal a lot with the human experience and in the workplace, and so I think that um, you bring up, like, a really good point about, like, working from home, and one thing that people have reported back is that they've seen just such a great compassion from people, because you have to be understanding, like, right, everyone, for the first time, everyone's working from home, all your kids are home. Like, I, the amount of children I heard in the background, like, screaming at their parents <laughs> was at an all-time high. And then, like, you just can't be mad. Like, it's out beyond the parents' control. And it's, like, suddenly people are, like, okay with that. Or, like, you're turning on your video cameras for work and 
everyone looks busted. Yeah. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have not worn anything other than pajamas in four months. <laughs> Honestly, same. I did my laundry today, and I, I, like, I always pull out my work shirts to hang dry, but now I'm not pulling anything out. I'm like, oh, it's just my t-shirts. Like, it's just my sweatpants. But I kind of lied though. I did go out. So like I have a friend who owns a restaurant in the suburbs. So it was like super secluded and I did put on a dress. It was the day I retired. Mm. Um, and I was just like, wait, how long does it take to get ready? Cause I just didn't know like how to put on makeup, how to put on a dress. Yeah. I totally forgot all these, like what we used to call like basic routines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I thought about that too the other day because I haven't been putting on my eyeliner. I usually put on winged eyeliner like when I go out, and I was like, I feel unpracticed now. Like, I'm still doing, I'm still doing my eyebrows a lot though to make sure I don't lose this. <laughs> like, I can't. My eyebrows are so gross. I haven't, even though things have opened, I have not had a haircut or done my eyebrows so my eyebrows are super bushy i don't think i look bad at all though that's because you're at a distance so you can't actually see like the undershadow that <laughs> really needs to be like i need to take a weed whacker to my eyebrows just just i, I want to get one of the like little blades like there's like safety blades to help you groom your eyebrows but that's a different topic but <laughs> my, my sister-in-law does that but like my eyebrows you can definitely tell i am definitely tell that i'm jewish asian Mm, like I'm a chew for sure yeah no you can talk about mixed up mixed kid things like I can tell I'm Greek just because of how much hair I have like on my legs and stuff where I would like always look at like some of like my Asian you know sisters which we'll talk about in a second but I'd be like why they have no hair and I'm like man (laughs) I'm here like shaving my legs it's funny that you say that is because I'm also a mixed up mixed kid so it's like (laughs) I have this, like, dark hair, but some of my hair grows in blonde because my dad's blonde. Mm-hmm. But I also like it because I do get the blonde hair on my legs. Yeah, you know... I'm kind of winning. We have this random thing where, like, we'll get random red hairs. Like, red. And I- So you don't have a soul. Apparently. And, like, I'm like, is this from the Greek side? Like, where's this red hair coming from? And... Even in my brothers, you, like, you can see it in their facial beard sometimes. They'll have red hairs, and I'm just like, what am I? Like, what is this? But you have no soul. That's what it means. It is. It, maybe it's my Leonis coming out. My <laughs> The fire. Yeah, the fire. Exactly. So, if you're wondering um, where we met right now, our listeners. Babs, you want to tell them how we met? <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, like, an easy way to talk about how we met is, so, um, we're both in a sorority, we're, like, totally super cool, (laughs) but we're, like, not your typical sorority. Um, we are members of a multicultural sorority, I'm a little bit older than (laughs) ex-Tina, um, and I guess you can say, like, I crossed over ten, almost ten years ago, she crossed way sooner but um, I guess this is where we can kind of transition into first impressions, yeah. right? So um, I went to, so my little, so Xtina and I are actually not from the same chapters. Uh, she was initiated in the Carolinas. I was initiated in the Nevada. So far. Like, yeah, we're, like, we're like East Coast, West Coast out here. <laughs> I mean, I am West Coast, born and raised in yeah. Cali or California. Sorry, I might offend some people. 
They'll be like, oh, you're not really from California. You just say Cali. It's a joke. Get over it. And I'm from New York. Yeah. So. And New York. <laughs> New York. Um, but so we're like really completely different ends of the earth. And I actually was part of the, expa- what we would call an expansion team for Xtina's chapter. And so I have a little sis. And so I randomly decided to roll through. And that was like maybe the first time you saw me is like I roll through and then all of your chapters <laughs> going crazy and you're like, who is this BZ? And you're like, but this is my night. So I'm like really confused about her. <laughs> But essentially, I think what really connected us, because I'm super tight with your grand big, mm-hmm. and your grand big was in my wedding and stuff, and mm-hmm. so, and then I was tight with your big, and so think through the connections. I'm also, like, really enjoy talking to your little, mm-hmm. so I, I talked to her on the side, but I think it's just through that, we just kind of floated together. Yeah. And then just kind of kept crossing paths, and I feel like we've always just had this mutual understanding of chillness. <laughs> yeah. So, but... The first time I met you, you've just always been super chill, but you're also chill but ambitious, and I think I've always respected that oh, about thanks. you, because, like, I feel like to be ambitious, you don't have to be uptight, and you have that really good balance, and so I always admired that all the stories I would hear about you from, like, other people at your chapter, about how you were always pushing for, like, leadership, but you'd also, like, let loose and have fun. <laughs> and so I think I just really related to that a lot. And so that connection for me is, like, that was, like, my first impression. And that's why, you know, the past that we're leaving in the past is why I'd originally reached out to you about some involvement things. Is because I was like, I know she'd be super chill, so she wouldn't be uptight. But she'd be able to handle this role because it can be stressful. Mm-hmm. So. Dang. That was the first time she ever heard her first impression. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. So. so I'm geeking. I'm actually smiling so big. I'm like staring into her eyes. I'm like, wow. These are, these are like real time reactions. <laughs> I'm like, to, Ooh. I guess we're sharing feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Starts crying. I'll cry at like anything. So but I'm a thanks. chain crier. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. So is your grand big? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen then. We won't name her though because I don't know if her, she wants her name floating on the "Is it good enough?" podcast. Yes, yeah. shout out to my grands. You're good enough. <laughs> really good enough. <laughs> but but the question is, am I good yeah. enough for you? You know who you are, <laughs> right? Shout out. Um, so my first impression of Babs was, well, like she said, she came to basically my reveal. So in multicultural Greek orgs you kind of reveal your new class so I was the new class and I remember my big who was the person kind of like running what was going on she pulls us aside and she's like you guys need to learn this new greeting like right now like we're adding in you need to greet this sister and then they were like but don't tell anyone because no one knows and I was like what is going on I was like I can't remember this stuff but so I remember that was, like, kind of my first time, like, seeing you in person. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, she's part of expansion team. And then I just remember later on, you were at the party, and I feel like that showed him. <laughs> so Babs was super chill because, first off, like, you were kind of older there, and you're like, why am I at this college party? So I, oh, feel like I that's knew. I like... was so down to drink everyone on the table, but I was in an awkward position that I couldn't drink anyone <laughs> on the table. But she was able to command people well. Like, we needed some help at one point, and she was able to, like, rally up people and I literally us. shut down the party, <laughs> and the fraternity who owned the house thought they should leave their own house. <laughs> yeah, I remember. 
<laughs> so Babs was shutting down the party, and I I went to run out. Like, I went to leave, and then someone was like, wait, this is, like, the party for you. You don't need to leave. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was just told to go? get, like, the randos out. And it worked. It worked well. But then other than that, um, I think one of the main times that, like, I remember speaking to you, too, was at conference one year and I was having like a bad not a bad time but I had like a interaction going on that just wasn't the best I was in like a little fight with someone and you just came over to me and you gave me like just some really I feel just like wise words like it was it helped me kind of zoom out of the things that was going on and it made me take a step back and like process what was going on and just the way you delivered it to me it was just like yo like this is like the fact basically and you know y'all get over it type thing and it it helped me kind of like you know it's like this is reality like you'll figure it out and then I was able to just kind of remove myself for that moment and concentrate on like the conference and everything else going on around me and not just one small problem I actually forgot about that yeah until just now yeah that was like a big one I like you just came up to me and you were like hey i was like like, i know what's going on so i'm gonna interject myself without you actually asking (laughs) i remember but it's because i cared way too much about like the people involved yeah but it helped a lot i think that was something where i was like oh i was like and then like i always respect you but then after that i was like like she's someone who actually has like some really good like wise words that she can you know tell me and then ever since then too like you said we've just always crossed paths and you know I think you've always been, like, a good role model, too. Like, I think you've been a great role model. And same thing, too. Like, what she was saying about me, like, oh, she's chill, but she's ambition. Like, I think that's you, too. <laughs> I mean, that's probably maybe why we get along. Like, we can still kick back and have fun and do whatever. But if we need to get business done, um, we can. Yeah, I so. can party, but also shut the party down. Yeah, and... <laughs> Fun fact, Babs and I actually, we, like, shuffled together. We danced together at, like, some random thing, too. So I feel like that was a good bonding moment for us. You were so psyched because you had no idea I could shuffle. Yeah, I was, like, flipping out. I was like, yeah! Yeah, I think, like, for a point of reference, I got some years on Xtina, so that's why <laughs> there's this, like, weird, like, oh my gosh, it's like when you're your dad does like something cool (laughs) and you're like oh my gosh dad i didn't know you had those skills like that's really what's happening but i'm really not that much older my sister is younger than you yeah it's not the age gap isn't that bad but you're making me feel like it is (laughs) my bad (laughs) no it's definitely not bad and we're all young at heart (laughs) oh i'm definitely i'm probably younger than you at heart i'm gonna call it yeah no someone told me the other day that i'm an old soul and i was like what i can kind of see that you can yeah i mean like yeah i can see (laughs) it's just the it's hard it's like a vibe check like it's the vibe it's the chill yeah i deleted my instagram app the other day so now i'm an old soul i guess i'm like trying to retreat back from social media i feel like a lot of people are these days and i'm just like I, I always delete it, and then I just end up coming back to it because I get super bored. Yeah. No, I think I definitely will, too. Right now, though, I've been using Reddit more. And oh, I love really Reddit. Random. Oh, my gosh. I live for the comments. It's Yeah, it's wild. Some of the threads that I follow, too. I'm just, like, sitting there reading these full, like, things. Or the thing that blows my mind about Reddit is that there's a thread for 
absolutely any question you can ask. Yeah. Like, uh, ask Reddit. Yeah, it's insane. They're like, hey, what's this song that goes like beep, beep, boop, boop, bop, yellow, red, and then like some other random beats. And then there's like 20 people answering the question. And it's like, how does this exist? Yeah, it's like when you have millions of people who have literally nothing better to do, like who bring their minds together. Like my Reddit's really funny, though. It's a lot of like, I have like a ton of science on my front page mixed with, um, you know, some stuff that relate to current events because mm. I actually tend to go to Reddit for my news, but there's some like censorship issues, but we won't get into that. And then it's like good news, like humans being bros. And so I just kind of use my Reddit to cry sometimes or like <laughs> if I want to feel better about the world, I have it set up. I mean, I've also been a Redditor for like 12 years. Mm. Has it existed that long? Maybe it's not that. Maybe I'm lying, but it's been at least 10. I've had 10 cake days. I like just started using Reddit. I feel like I just kind of discovered Reddit and I was like, why did it take me so long to get on this app? That and Twitter. Probably that. I hate Twitter. Really? Yeah. I mean, I have it so I can just kind of read our president's meltdowns. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then like, you know, I follow Mark Cuban. Um, That's about (laughs) it. I mean, I have it Twitter for my work. So in my old role, like I had to like tweet facts and economic stuff yeah not anymore the unfun tweets (laughs) i mean they were like fun to me at the time yeah it just it i look like a complete nerd (laughs) total supply and demand (laughs) like there's actually a quote from me in the uh journalism sphere where i'm quoted saying it's simple economics so Oh, fun fact. I've never been quoted anywhere. It's not a fun fact. It actually lit me up in my like at work. It's this whole drama story <laughs> about data analytics and people not liking when data is true mm. because it like is bad news, but it's like, well, this is the data. <laughs> right. Like this is the number, this is the fact. Yeah. It was like a your news is fake news kind of thing but i was like it's literally not fake news like i'm literally the data analyst on this and this is what the data says kind of situation this is why i'm happy i'm not in data yeah <laughs> and in, in the end it worked out like everyone was happy and fine but it was like a slight meltdown i had like maybe like five or six people who commented saying that i was like fake newsing it fake <laughs> news yeah man how do you even respond to that too you're just like well you're fake news that's what i would say back you you don't (laughs) you just sit there because you're like in your early 20s in the corporate world and you realize you just fucked up (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) i'm like i don't think i'm good enough (laughs) like i literally that it that's literally what happened yeah that's crazy that does talk about too like us wanting to talk about our podcast name and like why we named it that i feel like that's a good example right there that, like, this is something that kind of constantly happens in our life. You constantly ask yourself, like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? And, you know, I know, especially for me, like, that comes up in, like, all aspects of my life, too. Like, it's not just at work or, you know, it's just, like, everything. You're like, is this good enough? Am I good enough, like, in this relationship or in this friendship or, you know. Or is this shirt good enough to walk out the door? Yeah, I'm just constantly asking that question. And I think it's important to understand how to take a step back and be like self-aware and look at yourself and you know give yourself credit to where you deserve it like I am good enough in this aspect and I think this podcast can be helpful for others just to kind of 
like listen feel free to like write in or whatever hopefully sometime like be able to speak with other people and you know kind of have that vulnerability of like addressing these questions and things in our life like that yeah yeah I mean totally I I think that is it good enough is constantly a theme oh yeah all the time and obviously before even explaining this we've dropped is this good enough like five times naturally so Mm -hmm. I think that this is going to be a good space and we hope to have other people who want to like explore if things are good enough with us and um, we hopefully get some like more topic ideas because I feel like we, we literally can talk about anything yeah just the ebb and flow of our conversations of memories and connections and the world I think it's just kind of like it's like a constant wave oh yeah yeah I read this one thing and it said that (laughs) exactly case in point (laughs) (laughs) my yeah my mind is just like a like a stream of consciousness all the time it's constantly going and I read this thing that it said like the average person has like oh like 20,000 to like 60,000 thoughts a day or something crazy and, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, honestly, I think I may have, like, 120 thoughts a day. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I think we're above average. Yeah. Yeah, we're not completely average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're above average. That's, like, A-plus status. A-plus. Yes. Retweet that. Yeah, we we were going through a lot of podcast names too, trying to think of everything. So I know I just like dropped. She just dropped. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just like (laughs) dropped all these bombs. I'm like, (laughs) we're not that, not that. And I guess it just kind of makes me feel like, oh, we chose the right name for ourselves. I think so. I definitely agree. Okay. See now, so getting ready for the podcast today, I was like, I'm gonna write like an extra question to ask Babs I was like I kind of want to like randomly throw questions at her <laughs> get her on the spot get the you know the raw answer should I be in my meditative state because <laughs> this is like some Babs wisdom right but then as I'm looking at it I feel like I asked the most ambiguous question that you may not even be able to answer it but... try me this will be the test okay so I wrote down how do you navigate through life so if someone gave you like or if basically... I already know how to answer it Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't even need to, like, express more. I, I mean, I can take it and, like, I can... I would, Let me answer it, with, and then if you say I'm, like, really off base, you can have me answer it again. <laughs> okay. But the way I navigate through life is so, you know, kind of circling back to anxiety and depression that I was telling you about is that it was, like, really, really bad. Um, I was working on my second year of my master's program, and... I kind of got decided at that point to get back in touch with my religion. Uh, so I am Jewish. I'm and, interested in that. And so I was, like, talking to the rabbi that I was studying with at the time. And, you know, if you believe in a higher being, cool. If you don't, cool. Um, I think religion exists for a moral basis for people. And I think that whatever you believe in, it brings you solace. My choice is that I align with Hashem, which is what we call God, mm-hmm. and uh, Judaism. And so when I was talking to the rabbi, he was like, you know, if you believe in this, you have to believe that your path is set for you and that um, and that you have to, like, trust the process, that 
there it's like kind of like we all have these journeys that have these destinations built out for us we don't know about it but it's like that idea that this higher being's not going to steer me wrong mm-hmm. and so I just kind of from that moment on it really just sat with me and I did a ton of reading and like all this like wisdom stuff and I'm not like super in your face religious like yeah. for me religion is what I hold in my pocket that keeps me sane and um and so I kind of just live and navigate for, with the saying that what is for you shall not pass you, um, pass you by. And so what's meant for me will come into my life and what's meant to leave will leave. And I think that the what's helped me to navigate is acceptance. And so kind of like why I was talking about how we need to accept and grieve the losses is those were all meant to be in our past for a reason. And so because of this like I've I've really changed like my mindset on life my outlook it helps me to let go of problems because I used to like stew Mm -hmm. when things weren't going correct you know yeah and I am ambitious and so my ambition is what actually makes me crippled a lot of the time um and really pressure like that's what snaps my anxiety my depression is that ambition Mm -hmm. and just this neat constant need for to be perfect which is a month thing yeah total mix you're up. like is it good enough <laughs> yeah and it's like and so I think that that's how I navigate is like not not worrying about the things that I lose because I'm meant to lot lose it and then to embrace the things that come in and I know it's like super hippie and like you know people say it but I really embraced it and I've just noticed this like change in myself in the last five years since I started like embracing that mantra mm-hmm. and my life has improved and you know I'm not saying like yeah I got a roof over my head and like I got food on the table like yeah cool I got those like materialistic items but aside from material things like I'm actually happy yeah and that's something that I've had is like consistent happiness Mm -hmm. with where I'm at so that's how I navigate life did that answer your question yeah that's awesome and I I like I never knew that you were religious either or like like in touch with your faith you know which I think is really interesting too like you being a mixed kid because I don't know for me being a mixed kid sometimes it's hard to like navigate those two different you know two different sides of you too and like what religion or you know stuff like that oh yeah that's like oh I think we need to do a whole episode of being mixed up mixed kid yeah for real (laughs) because let me tell you I was not raised Jewish Okay. Full-blown Catholicism, confirmed, baptized, confessed, the whole nine yards. Oh, wow. Yeah, that w- that's a good good topic <laughs> yeah. for another time. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep topic. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I put down that we should do an episode on, like, the things we should not be talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I, I, I liked it. I saw that, and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. let's do it. I think I'm going to, like, irritate a lot of people with my opinions on religion, even though I'm a quote-unquote religious person because I'm like religious but like not so like some my husband and I joke that we're like Jew-ish but (laughs) the thing is is like we're more Jewish than some of our Jew-ish friends so it's like we there yeah we can do a whole thing a whole segment on Judaism and like the different levels of observation and I guarantee you I'm going to get hate mail and someone's going to try and correct me but all of this is just my Our perspective. podcast is like suddenly blocked and we're told we're fake news we'll never be allowed into Israel but it's this whole thing but I'm just saying just know that you can get mad at us this is it's completely fine but these are just our perspectives on life and yeah. world 
and yeah sorry if we're not good enough for you no <laughs> i'm not sorry i'm not good enough for you yeah fuck that i'm You're good right. enough for me <laughs> but like am i good enough for me that is the question yeah and it's a re- you gotta constantly reevaluate you gotta constantly think about it but i think that's interesting too because like even your answer to that i feel like i connect and i'm almost with you on that but i got it through a whole different like i didn't get it through religion but i have the same viewpoint and i think that's interesting because a lot of times what I realized too, like religion and just other things, like people always kind of end up almost on the same path, but it's just like a different street, yeah. but it's going to the same destination. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like kind of just going with life and, you know, rolling with the punches, I guess, accepting what comes to you and sometimes like what needs to leave. And I have a lot of trust in just like the natural balance of the world and to, you know, leading you down the right path if you put good into the world and if you put good energy into the world which sounds super hippie as I'm sitting here in like a tie-dye shirt I'm like put good energy into the world but I think good things kind of come and it kind of gravitates back and forth there's like a mag magnetism to that yeah there's this whole like sorry there's this whole section in Judaism which is like mysticism so when you're talking about like the energies and higher beings and like connections and stuff like that that's all included and mm-hmm. that's part of you know i know that you have people like madonna who practice kabbalah which is strictly that mysticism aspect but i kind of connect with all of it but so like there is that mysticism which is where i think that we link on that higher level so mm-hmm. if you take the religion out there's just like this thing because i firmly believe that what you put put in you're going to receive exactly yeah and what you don't give you're not going to get back and so i like try to like put in all the time yeah i agree i agree just put in put the right stuff forward and (laughs) you're good man i feel like that was what we wanted to talk about right like we got our first episode pretty down yeah we have like a like a peace out or like a (laughs) an outro be like yo is this episode good enough (laughs) peace (laughs) hope it was good enough for you and if it isn't oh well (laughs) <laughs> oh well what was it that i said earlier cool don't like me cool <laughs> yeah don't like this cool <laughs> that can be our outro <laughs> right it's like a girl is it not good enough cool is it not good enough cool i like that is it not good enough cool <laughs> okay hello all right we're back yeah we are back and it's been a little a little gap i would say a few weeks I think originally we were planning to try and do something like weekly, bi-weekly, something like that. It's been a little longer than that because we wanted to make sure that we provided the best episode as possible, I would say. And we listened to it and we were like, is this good enough? And it was not good enough. (laughs) Yeah, it was not good enough. So I think this is just part of us learning how to do this podcast thing and... We have Nala over here, the dog walking around. If you hear any background noise, that's our Nala. But yeah, so we were trying to just make sure that we had the best episode possible and we didn't want to post something that we felt wasn't up to our standards. And it wasn't that the content wasn't great. It was just we realized that we lacked a little bit of focus. And so Mm. I think going forward, you're going to realize that we're still going to have fun, but we're going to really try to get to the topics we want to talk about sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to be adding in some audio from the other 
one because you told me something that was like a surprise to me so i still want to have that in there yeah i don't think it's gonna be as yeah. much of a surprise but we can overlay it <laughs> yeah we'll overlay it so if there's some weird editing too we're still learning how to edit but you know bear with us and we appreciate everyone listening so other than that let's get started for today that was such like a somber opening we're like hello guys <laughs> hello sorry our episode was bad <laughs> like it wasn't good enough for myself <laughs> yeah sorry it wasn't good enough but, you know, at least we're living the title, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sorry it wasn't good enough. I think it, learning experiences are completely necessary for this process. But yeah. um, I, I guess, like, what's going on really quick, yeah. like, high level, nothing much going on in my life, just working like crazy, getting ready to move, and staying out of coronavirus's way. That's about it for me. Yeah. Honestly, if you ask me what was new, I would say I've been doing the same thing for the past, like... <laughs> Six months now, so same, just working, working out, doing my thing, so, I mean, we can just get right into it then. Yeah. So today, what we really want to talk about is being mumps, which is, you know, our mixed up, mixed kids acronym, (laughs) right? Yeah. We're mumpking. Yeah, we're mumpking. So I would say, for me, the first thing that always was like associated with my mixedness or like something that I always had to deal with was body dysmorphia. Yes, absolutely. Can relate 100%, maybe 110%. Like let's go above and beyond. Be better than good enough. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So I think one thing about being a mixed kid, especially just being a mixed kid of Asian descent is that Asian people are small. Usually, um, you know, they have a stereotype of being smaller and, you know, shorter, very, very slim usually, and being mixed with the Greek, that did not pan out for me, I feel like. I definitely have, like, wider hips and maybe a little bit bigger bones, I would say. And I'm not, I'm not too tall, though, so I'm kind of around, I maybe I'm tall for, like, Asian height, but I'm 5'4", so I think it's kind of, like, average. I have, so my mom is 5'6". And then my grandmother was like 4'11". So I think that there's a bit of a range that you can work with. <laughs> yeah. But I'm there with you. I mean, I'm six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Broad shoulders, big boob, you know, the whole like nine yards. And like you see my pictures with me and my Asian family. Because my brother and I are the only two kids in the entire family that are mixed, yeah. you know. And so we stand out in family photos like no other. It's yeah. like short, 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 tall. Kind of like our sorority photos. Right. Yeah. So then that's actually something else too. Like, did you ever feel insecure like at family gatherings when you weren't, when you feel like you don't look like your cousins or? Oh, all the time. But the, diff- the thing is because Asians don't hold back, they were always commenting on how I was different too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just, I felt that way. It was like a, Anak, you should lose more weight. But here's another, like, bowl of rice that you need to finish. Right. And it's just, it was a lot of, you know, oh, you could be smaller. and it, Or you could be lighter, you yeah. know, so on and so forth. And they don't think that those comments are damaging because it's just like a, they want to, they in their eyes, they think they're making you the best that you can be to fit in with the family. But it right. was like, really looking back on it, I was like, oh, lots of not great stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And for me, too, I feel like, like, I knew I, like, I would be with my family and I could tell that I was, like, look different, but they never made me feel different. 
but I always feel like it's something that kind of you like enforce on yourself too sometimes you're like wow I look really different or like wow you know but yeah I mean on top of that then you have you know we grew up during the time where societal pressures were high right yeah where MTV VH1 music videos you know we were buying Cosmo teen you know all those teen magazines the teen zines and I think that our culture mixed with the whole what was going on in society it's like man I'm really mixed up because it's like on both sides you're getting it not just from the Asian side but then the American press is pushing this perception onto you yeah it's so true too and then with that there's not really a lot of like mixed or like some people say hapa sometimes when they say half Asian there's not a lot of role models in media that you can even look up to so I feel like growing up especially when I started getting into fitness I couldn't even find someone with my body shape or like my body type because I liked following a lot of like Asian lifters but they're just so small and I was like wow like I want her body but then I'm looking at my body and I'm like I can never my body shape would never even be like that and so now I feel like there are maybe some more like mixed actors kind of coming up like Shay Mitchell is half Asian and half white and some other people but it's still there's like that lack of um like lack of in the media yeah and I think you know they always say that in 20 to 40 years is the estimate that everyone's mixed right? everyone's going to be mixed and look like each other but you know as long as immigration is strong I don't think that's going to be the case I think a lot of times that it's just the way things are written right you look at a story and they're like oh this person has to look Asian right and so by default because you and I don't look Asian we're like crossed off that list not that you and I are trying to go get acting careers yeah (laughs) but it's just it all comes down to what you look like doesn't Uh matter like what your culture is what your background is you know it's just like do you look the part right I think it's just not looking the part and that's why we don't see a lot of halfies. Like, the halfies that we do see look to Just be that one side yeah. mm-hmm. that they're trying to cast as a role. Right. That's so, so true. Because, like, Rob Schneider is Filipino. Rob Schneider. I'm not even sure if I know who Rob Schneider is. Uh, he, so, have you ever seen Fifty First Dates? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> he plays the little character that's, like, Adam Sandler's friend. That's okay. We can just pause and yeah, cut. <laughs> Zach is not here. No wonder why she's running free. She's like really out of control today. Thank you. Yeah. Damn it. I just leaped into action. Yeah, you did a great job. That's going to be pissed if this dance is too old. I'll just. <laughs> so, Rob Schneider. Yeah. So. Rob Schneider does not look Asian whatsoever, I would say. Yeah. He looks like a white dude. Yeah, he totally is, but he's Filipino. Wow. I mean, now that you say it, it's like, oh, okay, but it's because he has those blue eyes. He does not look Filipino. Yeah, actually, in 51st Dates, they had him play, um, I can't remember the name of the character, but he was totally Hawaiian, Islander, like, native. Oh. Ha um, <laughs> ha. We're Googling it right now. So if you're trying to understand what we're talking about, go ahead and Google Rob Schneider, 50 First Dates. But, yeah, so Rob Schneider is a half Asian. Surprise. Yeah. So, 
getting back to what we were talking about with body dysmorphia, how did you navigate that? And then what advice would you give to someone who is, you know, mixed and maybe they feel like they just don't have? Um, for me, so I know that like, we're going to be probably talking about this, but part of it was, I, I mean, I'm still kind of going through, it was like, I, finding my identity of who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and realizing that, yes, I can check two boxes on a census thing that that doesn't necessarily define me. Um, (laughs) really changed when I was like in this period of my life where I was like in between relationships, I was single, living my best life. And I finally looked in the mirror and I was like, I saw myself as beautiful, I think, for the first time ever. Yay. And, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's when I realized that, you know, I don't have to look a certain way. And I think that the, the best advice that I can give to anyone is that the path to loving others is to love yourself first. And in order to do that, you just have to block out the noise. Like, do I still have issues today? Um, You know, especially with everything that's going on in terms of race in our country. Absolutely. Like, I'm sitting here questioning every aspect of my life in different ways. Like, I'm kind of back in this bubble of which, where do I go? Which box do I check? And I have to sit back and say, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think at this point, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I have privilege because I don't look a certain way. But have I had racist things happen to me? Yeah. Have I had people tell me to go back to countries? Have I had people assume me to be ethnicities that I am not because I look a certain way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, I want to say, hey, love yourself and tell yourself to not fit in a box. But to be completely honest with the current affairs of our country, I can't tell someone that they're going to be able to overcome that easily mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, finding that identity. Like, how about you? Like, what? Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to body dysmorphia as, like, someone who, like, severely struggled with that, like, growing up, I had, like, really bad eating problems at one point, and, like, you know me, I'm really, if if anyone listening who knows me, I'm really into fitness. Like, I work out, like, five times a week, I would usually say, and, you know, always kind of moving and doing things, and... Like how I was saying before, I just couldn't find that body where I was like, oh, I want to look like her because she has the same body type as me. So it like you kind of said too, finally accepting yourself and looking in the mirror and saying like, oh, like, you know what? I'm not going to try and have a body that looks like someone else's. I'm just going to have the best body that I can build for myself. And I think that's kind of where I came to terms with stuff. Um, I wanted to say something else, but let me think for a second. Well, I can just talk and fill the dense space. <laughs> like, so, and I know this sounds really silly, is, you know, I, I kind of, going into my 30th year, which I don't count, I'm still 29 because this year's a wash. Yeah, um, it's not real. Lizzo, I know, she, I know she's kind of controversial for some people because she is a bigger individual who doesn't, a lot of people are like, well, that's not healthy and yeah. whatever that might be. But at the end of the day, I, I work out a lot. I eat relatively healthy. Right. I mean, you see what I eat yeah. and what I do. But I still will just never, I will never be your size. Yeah. You know, the, I, the skinniest I got was like maybe 50 pounds less than what I am now. Yeah. But I still couldn't get anything down and I had to accept that. And then having Lizzo come on the map it actually, listening to her music reaffirmed that, yeah, I'm not aspiring to be overweight and unhealthy, but I'm aspiring to be healthy and be happy with myself. Exactly. And those lyrics actually like really resonated with me to inspire me to be my own soulmate. You know, yes. To quote 
a great song, by the way. I highly recommend anyone who just needs a vibe and feel yourself, the song Soulmate, just listen to that chorus. And it's just like... Time it out. Yeah. I'll listen to it on the it's way a vibe. home later. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to say, too, with body dysmorphia, like, just even stepping away from talking about, like, being mixed, like, mixed up mixed kids and body, dys- like, body dysmorphia in general with body dysmorphia, I'd say... Um, just remember that your body is a vehicle for like you and your soul and your spirit and whatever it is. So like you said, as long as you're keeping it healthy and happy and it's serving its purpose, I think that's the most important thing. And its purpose is to be that vehicle for you to get around and see things and move around and enjoy life. And so when it comes down to body dysmorphia, if you're ever feeling insecure about like how you look, just remember that your body's amazing no matter how it is because it's enabling you to do so much. And especially like for me being mixed, it came down to me saying, well, you know what, like my body is then unique because I am mixed and I have these different elements coming from other, you know, ethnicities. And so I'm going to make the best body I can and uh, really hold that uniqueness to my heart and be proud of it instead of disliking it and letting it be like a dampener for me you take care of that body plus i also (laughs) can like speak to how hard you work oh thanks Uh, i just wish there was a crossfit gym open because we were like when we live in the same city we're gonna gym so hard and then we were like right there and then all the gyms are you can come to my gym sometime it's ten dollars for a guest but we have all the rigs and stuff for crossfit workouts so it's pretty i know i promised you i'd let you put me through like the geriatric (laughs) one so we can do it also i have to check out the gym at my new place apparently it's kind of dope so oh that's nice so maybe maybe we'll be like doing fitness and then mm-hmm. podcast podcast like on the treadmill like today we're coming at you for the <laughs> treadmill <laughs> you got jokes like i would even say hey today we're coming to from like running on a treadmill yeah right <laughs> like wheezing oh man okay so i think that is definitely um don't be too hard on yourself if you feel mixed up when it comes to your body and just dealing with you know body dysmorphia your size the hair on it like whatever it is the skin tone also know that there's like two people here at least at least two there's plenty more of us but we're both mixed and like complete opposite body types too yeah so there's not a one-size-fits-all model to being mixed at all you could be asian and american or asian and greek or whatever it is and your body can look a million different ways because i got some inches on x-tina so (laughs) Just be proud of it. You're beautiful. (laughs) Just the way you are. Yeah, literally. Let's see. What other things? Also, I think the other thing we wanted to talk about was, like, our names. Because we have very, like, my first and last name are... My maiden last Mm. name sounds Yugoslavian and Russian. And my first name is Irish. Mm -hmm. And then I got married. And so my name is now (laughs) Irish-German. Yeah. And how do you, like, navigate through that? Like, does your, do you feel like your name really ties to your ethnicity and, like, your identity? So I think, like, a lot of people think that name is your, is what you should look like. Mm -hmm. And so at work, we talk about microaggressions a lot. Mm -hmm. And especially with everything that's going on with, you know, COVID, not being in the office, and then suddenly you're meeting all of these people and you're suddenly on webcam. And... The number one microaggression I get all the time is... You don't look like you your name. You don't yeah. look like your name. And I always say, what, did, what am I supposed to look like? Right. Is kind of my, you know, passive 
aggressive response <laughs> to kind of call attention to it in a professional manner. I mean, it's true, though. Like, yeah. you should say something. Like, what, like, what should I look like? You know, have that sort of, like, what? <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's just kind of my thing. I mean, talking about our experience with the sorority is that I was the first name that came up in our sorority's pre- presidential mm-hmm. history that didn't have an like an Asian sound. You know, mm-hmm. we have like Fuentes and Dolores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's Philip they were Filipino. And my I myself coming in and it's like when and then blah blah blah. It was yeah. just like kinda crazy. And I really was afraid that people were not gonna be okay with me leading them because my name wasn't the same as theirs. Right. Yeah. And I think something too that's going along a lot with like just everything going on with the world and people sort of like finding their identity more is that people who used to Americanize their names more are using their Asian names again and stuff like that to find that sense of like identity, which is good. I think it's name does definitely tie to your identity a lot. For me, I always got like my last name ends in an ES. So naturally people would look at me and I'm tan and I look kind of like Asian, but then a lot of times they just think I'm Latino. Because it's like, it's in the always just think my last name ends in Tez. And then they would always just assume that I was Latino. And I feel like that bothered me a lot because I couldn't, like, because of course I want to be identified as what I am, which was Asian and Greek. So that was always something too that's been hard to navigate. And like you said, suddenly if you're leading an Asian org, you're like, wow, my name's up there. I'm president of this. And it's people are going to be like, why isn't it? Wen or Wong or these common Asian names but I think again it kind of goes back to the body dysmorphia it's ends up being what makes you unique and different and to be proud of that name and where it comes from yeah and you really I feel like we I don't know if you went through this but I I feel like I didn't know my name didn't fit me until recently when people would just say comments like that yeah and I was like why does my name matter? Because people get adopted all the time. I honestly was, like, unfazed by your name. Like, I never thought, like, wow, that name is an Asian. But maybe it was because I was, like, my last name isn't Asian either. So I was just like, you know? You know, honestly, I think it's because, like, one of my best friends, he was also mixed like me. And so his last name, his dad was in the Navy. His mom was from Japan. Classic, yeah. So, like, he has this Americanized last name. So I didn't think about anything until, you know... But then, I also think, sorry, this is a, a kind of diverting in a weird direction. I should not apologize. I should not be sorry. I'm trying to work <laughs> on that, by the way. It's like, we shouldn't be apologizing for things randomly. Bad habit, trying to cut it. But another thing is, like, learning how to say names, I think, is, oh, I just important. make a plug for that. Yeah. Because even <clears throat> though my name is, could be considered American, people take the effort to learn, my God, like awful long last name mm-hmm. but yet someone comes in and they say hey my name is young chen and people don't take the time to listen and it's a two-syllable word it's we're so like simple. young chen no yeah. you're like young it's just kind of that's so disrespectful in right. my opinion like they'll they'll be willing to learn the name that sounds kind of white and whatever it's like because there's crazy like polish last names and you know names are really hard to say sometimes but then these simple asian names are coming in you're right and they're not there's two syllables yeah the whole name first and last name two syllables whereas my last name was four right and people would take the time to like teach me teach me how to say it and i was like 
if this were something else crazy, like, would you be trying right now? But I think people just get intimidated because I understand the whole phonetics thing. Like, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it doesn't sound the way it looks, but it's like, we're a melting pot country. Take the time to educate and learn that little bit. Yeah. Take the time to learn. And then as someone with the name, like, take, like, go ahead and keep correcting them until they get it right. Like, don't back down. I think a lot of people will oh just gosh, say, yes. they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I told them it twice, and then, you know, it's fine. Like, everyone just messes it up, so I, I'm just going to go with it. Like, no, you know. Be confident. Yeah. Don't be afraid to correct someone because they don't say your name right. Exactly, because it's your name. So, you know, if someone was messing up the name, like, Beth, like, you would probably keep correcting them until they got it right, you know? So just make sure that you're you're sticking with your name too. <laughs> also, the name is like one of the few things someone can never take away from you unless you choose to change it. Facts, yeah. So you should be like protecting that at all costs, in my opinion. I understand people have gripes about names, but for me, I just see it as this privilege and this part of me. It's the one thing no one can take from me, and I want to hold on to it as long as possible. Right, and like no one really has the same name as you. They it's possible, but you know, your your name's usually pretty unique. Yeah, for sure, unique name. I do think it's funny. I know this is really random, but like people always comment on my first name. Oh really? Yeah, because it's also the other thing I get with my first name is that, oh okay, at first they're like you don't look like your name, and then it's like wow, there's like no one your age with that name anymore. Dang, it's true. Names go through like phases, like. You know, <laughs> like there's like all the, like the Karens that are like around a certain age. That's why all of the Karens are like people are saying Karens are Gen Xers. Exactly, but then I feel like you know in a few years, like what if the next meme is like don't be a Nicole? You know, like these like really common names that are like in our generation. They're gonna be the new, the new Karens. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take. Zach, can you please let her in the room? Mm-hmm. Come on. Nala, I love you. We're just going to record it and cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a quick flick. Yeah. Names. Anything else with names? I was just thinking of, like, the name game. Remember when that was the thing when we were kids? Oh, yeah, the name game? I still play the name game. <laughs> Babs, babs, go babs, banana fan, fo babs, eat my moment. I guess that didn't really work. There's a lot of babs. I was really good at, like, I was always really good at the name games. Like, we would go around the circle. I'd be, like, waiting. I'm, like, I think I'm such a competitive person. Like, when competitive nature, like, we can be playing, like, the simplest game. And I'm, like, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, I, Yeah, I was totally the kid that would make sure I was last so I could show off. I totally get it. Mm-hmm, you're, like, naming 20 things. We do that with, like, different, like, actions too sometimes when I was a camp counselor and I would be like doing like a 10 move dance I'd be like like going around (laughs) but (laughs) for real (laughs) like it can't be like all serious and on track the whole time we have to be able to divert a little bit yeah kind of like what we do um so I think we kind of like touched on our sorority and not being white enough and not Asian enough and so I think that that's actually like a really great segue into not fitting into either world because I definitely get told like hey you're not white enough because you're blah 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 and I have been told by people close to us that I am not Asian enough really yeah for just like 
It was just that they were, they just felt that it was appropriate to tell me because I am not fully Asian, that I do not know the... Oh, like you don't understand like X, Y, Z. That I don't understand it, so I don't really have a right to claim to any pains that come with it. And I was like, whoa, dang. I was like, wait. And then, you know, on the American side, then everyone's like, well, you're American, so you're privileged. And I'm like, where, where do I? Right. But then Americans are like, but you look different, so you don't really fit in. So you're just like, whoa, where do I fit? And this is why I was kind of dressing earlier. It's just like, where? Because like, if you went into, if you went into like mid, like some country-ish area, like in the middle of Midwest, like my mom and I stopped at, um, in Ohio at Cracker Barrel and like the looks you get are insane and like I am I'm half white so it's like they still weren't looking at me like I was white though you know what I'm saying oh yeah I got an actually crazy story um a couple crazy stories but I'll start with one is so Zach and I were in Indiana and um we were just sitting there holding hands walking through and enough people kept staring at us that Zach got uncomfortable and looked at me and he said we need to eat dinner in our hotel room Wow. Yeah, it was like every single person was not okay with Zach holding my hand. And he could feel it. And the fact, he's pretty, he, you know, is aware of his surroundings, but he doesn't, he's pretty good at, you know, not leaning into stuff or being paranoid. But he, it was so obvious that people were staring at us. And it was admittedly, you know, early 2016, an election year when Mm -hmm. a lot of racial tension started rising and we just got the vibe that was not welcome and i've not been back to that city in indiana since wow was that in the city uh no it was i mean it kind of was i mean it was like indianapolis area or so indianapolis i'd been there we've had some issues when we went for um i actually went for a conference there and a lot of the Asian Americans I was with didn't actually feel comfortable going out, so we stayed in. Oh, wow. And, but the incident that we had was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow. More specifically. I've been to South Bend and been fine. So I'm not going to say it's all of Indiana. Yeah. I think it's, like, concentrated yeah. based off culture. Um, but also, you know, when I lived in Florida, I got a real taste of that, too. Really? Yeah, we went into, like, a, fresh, a fish restaurant in Deland, Florida, and... People just stared at me like I was not supposed to be there with my, at the time, my white boyfriend. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to be told by one side that you're not Asian enough and then be obviously told and visually made, like, you look at different ways to be like, well, you're not white enough. So you're not accepted on both sides. So I'm like, do I really have as much privilege as some people say I have by being half white? Yeah. And I would always get nervous, too, with, like, my friends, like, even my Asian friends. It's, like, because you can't relate to them on a certain level sometimes. Yeah. Because you're not fully Asian or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, which I fully recognize. <clears throat> yeah. And same thing with your white friends, though. You're, like, wait a second. Like, oh, I, like, we don't do that in my family. Like, you know, I'm part Asian. Like, we take our shoes off, you know, things like that. And you just kind of question, like, like, how do I even go about being this, like, mixed thing <laughs> like this mixed kid and uh, even now when you're talking about like dating it's like you know for me I I don't know I always had trouble dating and like just being a mixed up mixed kid for like so mixed up <laughs> oh yeah when I was 
in the mix of it. I got my fair. It was just kind of weird was because I never thought I looked Asian, but I would get people would like slide on my Tinder and DM me and be like, hey, you look real exotic. You want to hang oh out? Oh my gosh. Oh, the exotic. I, <laughs> when people... I feel like you can relate to this. <laughs> the I feel like that's like the only thing people say to me when they try and hit on me. It's like, yo, you're so exotic. Like in the club, I'm like trying to dance and someone's like, you're so exotic. I'm like, bubonic, what? And they're like, you're so, I'm like, what? And they're like, you're so exotic. Like, where are you from? Like, what are you? I'm like, I'm human, man. Like trying to like dance. Like, like, I'm I'm like, help me. Like, yeah, it's true. It's like, and then people like, for me too, like even when I was dating, it would be like okay, like, um, like I would date like a white dude or whatever, and like I just felt like we were on like two different like spectrums. Like I'd like sit like they just didn't relate to you on certain like things. I mm-hmm. guess just with your ethnicity and stuff. But then sometimes I'm dating like an Asian person. I'm like, wow, like what if I'm not Asian enough for them? Like I actually get really nervous sometimes meeting parents, cause it's like not even like you're just like this ambiguous creature in front of them like you're not and especially for me too like I don't know Chinese so it's even like I can't even go like I can't even date an Asian person and then like speak my native tongue and then it's like oh okay like they're mixed in. but is Chinese your native tongue though no but you know like but I the expectation speak. Yeah. yeah but it's okay I get it I'm first gen and I don't speak beside or tagalog yeah i can understand it trust me i, I like got not a curse in greek like that's it <laughs> i think i don't even know if i'm saying it right but the only like weird greek thing I, word i realized was like mesalysis it means like making me lose my shit mm. we were we would piss off my dance instructor all the time so i heard greek that. stuff <laughs> oh she'd say it to you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we, she was make, we were making her lose her mind that's when you know it's bad like that's when you know you're pissing a teacher off is when they start cursing at you and like <laughs> she was a little high strong <laughs> I, I was 11 years old was, like, screaming at you in greek yeah i was anyway that's a di- another digression that's what you can expect from me <laughs> but yeah totally it's it's a tough world out there for people and you know the thing is is like I know I brought up privilege and being related to like white and stuff and I will always understand that because of my skin color and being a little bit quote-unquote lighter that I have this natural privilege so Mm. I just want to acknowledge that I do recognize that but I think that something to that a lot of people miss is that we're because we're mixed we're not I think there's a lot of assumptions as to what privileges are afforded to you. And, you know, there has been, as we know, there's been like a lot of stuff going on. And unfortunately, in terms of people being profiled and stuff like this, and just actually a couple weeks ago, I watched this video of this couple who experienced police brutality. And it scared the shit out of me because it looked like my sister and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, I look like my sister. Yeah. And so, I again, I'm not saying that I would be impacted by that, but I could be subjected to it as well. Because I've been profiled. I got pulled over in Arizona for no reason. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they thought I... Because SB 1070 just came out and they pulled me over because they thought I was Mexican. Oh. And when I asked the guy why he pulled me over, he said, no reason, just you're free to go. 
Dang. Yeah, I, I always get mistaken for that, too. It's so. crazy. Yeah, and a lot of people who are listening to this who know me, I don't really share this stuff. So this is probably, like, a lot of stuff that I'm, like, popping out fresh. Because I want to be real raw and honest with people yeah. about experiences. Because I think for us being mixed kids, like, we're, we're at risk to be hated on both sides. Like, there's definitely <laughs> racism that comes from the Asian side, too, that yeah. we experience, like, kind of... Not being Asian enough. Yeah, all like the going time. into like an Asian grocery store and uh, like I don't know, you're just like you feel like you must get looks there too sometimes. Like when like, they give you a fork instead of chopsticks. Yeah, they're like, why is this white person in here? And I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, oh, I get it all the time. Where like there's this thing called bagoong in the Philippines, and it's like salted shrimp. It's kind of nasty. It's fish sauce on steroids, and I I love it. Yum. And they always. <laughs> They're like, are you sure you want that? I was like, heck yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. put that shit in my pinak bed right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I think then, too, I would say, like, if you feel like you're a mixed-up mixed kid, dating, and it's something that you have a hard time identifying with, like, my best advice would be be excited that you do have these two parts of you or these multiple parts of you that you can show someone and share with someone. And I think that's important. Like, it's, like, for me, yeah, like, I was saying, like, oh, sometimes it's hard. Like, I don't know, like, what race to date or whatever it is. But, like, at least now what I'm bringing to the table is, like, not only do I get to show you these cool Chinese traditions and these cool Chinese things, but I do have a lot of these fun Greek things that I can show you. And, you know, my wedding is about to be freaking crazy because I got my Greek family doing the Greek dances. I got my Asian family there, too, and we'll go get dim sum the next day. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to cop one of those invites somehow. I'm just oh, going to show you up. Oh, you got it. You got it. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Well, that's actually funny <laughs> that you say that. And so my wedding was kind of right. fun like that. Exactly, yeah. So we had a Jewish wedding because my husband's, all of his family is Jewish. And, you know, like I mentioned, I am by religion Jewish myself. And that's how, what we do in our household. But then we had Hawaiian food exactly. at my reception. And, and like we were singing loud music, the whole mm. shebang, you know, and the Hawaiian part. And then we had the music that identified with like my dad's side of family, which was white. So it's like, it was a whole cultural event. Exactly. And super fun. And I, I can say our household is kind of fun, too. So even though it's just my husband and I, we talk about, like, kids and all this stuff. And we, there's so... Traditions and yeah. fun things. He lets me share. bring all of that into the home, yeah. which is awesome. And all of his traditions get to come into the home, too. So we always joke and say, like, we do Chrismica. Yeah. And we do, you know, for Rosh Hashanah, which is, like, the Jewish New Year, I'll throw in some Asian dishes and stuff like that. So we kind of put our fun twist. It's possible. You just have to be open-minded to it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, even if you aren't mixed, like, just in general, if you're ever, like, I guess maybe self-conscious about, like, you're different. Like, if you wanted to date someone who wasn't the same race as you, like, be excited. Just go in with an open mind and just – and be patient, too, to share some things with someone. Sometimes they don't understand, like, traditions Mm -hmm. at first. So you just need to explain to them, like, don't get annoyed that they don't know – that you're supposed to do this when you meet, like, an elder or something like that. Ask questions. If <sighs> yeah. you don't know, just ask. Like, I think that that's the biggest mistake we have. And so for traditions on both sides, like, especially with Jewish traditions, because I was still learning, you yeah. know, six years ago, I would have to ask. It, yeah. it doesn't, just because I'm predominantly Asian culture, it doesn't mean I don't have stuff to ask and vice versa. And I think it, you learn so much more. And I think 
more people are not offended right. when you ask they the question. They appreciate it, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. It's so much more fun to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Then like, you really learn. We need to do a whole session where I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions <laughs> about being Chinese. Greek, and I'm like, so what does it mean? Right. What does... Uh, except for the exception is I know a lot about your culture. <laughs> but I don't know. I... <laughs> I always think, so I had this boyfriend I brought home, uh-huh. and he literally did not like something. And instead of being polite about it, he made this loud comment of, about it and, uh. like, spit it out. No! What the heck? He was, like, just, so what he found disturbing was that the shrimps had their heads on it. Oh, gosh. I was like, bro, that's actually way good. Yeah. My hubby loves shrimp with the head it's on. <laughs> I was like, you're the one for me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, don't be disrespectful. Like, if you don't like it, you just kind of scoot it to the side or something, you know? Or just ask. Be like, yeah. do they what, have to have the heads what on? What is this exactly? Or tell me after. Right. Like, Not in front of my family. In this? Like, <laughs> it was the first time he met my family. All of my family didn't like him, but that's okay. He, like, actually spit that out? Yeah. Or... Wow. But, yeah. He... It was like, you know, you know when you get, like, the shrimp with the heads on? Mm-hmm. You take the shrimp head yeah. off, you suck it, then you you, you have to, like, peel, peel it, it yourself. Yeah. And, okay, we get it. Some of you are like, but the veins. Yeah. We just learn not to care about it. Yeah. You just eat it, and he wasn't a fan. But, like, mm-hmm. publicly wasn't a fan. And it, because it was a big deal that I was bringing a boy home, like, my extended it made family. It worse. <laughs> my extended family was there. So, my grandparents were there, my mom, my aunts, yeah. my uncles. Yeah. I mean, I think a good example, though, like, with my family is that my father, he's hilarious, and I think sometimes he likes, like, Asian foods more than, like, my mom. Like, for Father's Day, he wants to go get dim sum. Like, he's asking to get dim sum more often than Harris, so there's there's an example of just, like, embrace, just embrace the culture, (laughs) just go for it, enjoy it, you know? My dad's remarried to a Mexican, and he's woman- Mm -hmm. And he, he, don't get me wrong, he loves Mexican cuisine. Cause she, oh, can he not yo, eat spicy food? or He doesn't like spicy food, mm. but he still eats it. Yeah. And she her cooking is bomb. If she ever comes to town, yeah, that's what I mean. over. But uh, my, my dad still asks me to make him Filipino dishes. Because he was married to two Filipino women. Mm, and he yeah. loves it. His favorite dish is like canila, too, which is Filipino ceviche, essentially. I need some Filipino food. You gotta school me in it. I know, I know, I owe you. When we when I move to the new place, have a better kitchen, and I don't Already. have furniture right now. We're yeah. We're... In my living room on camping chairs. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's very comfortable. I don't even I don't have mind. a couch order. Maybe this is how I'm going to live my life. Minimalism. Yeah. We should talk about minimalism one day. Your face is... is like, don't do that, though. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm all for the minimalism. I think I need to declutter my life. That's That really is another conversation we can talk about. I feel like we're kind of decluttering, though, <laughs> by unpacking our monk feelings. I feel like we've been very serious, and we're just like, it's tough. I'm just going <laughs> to tell people. It's it's hard because you, like, you're, you're walking these lines, and you go on a, take a step in the wrong direction. Someone gets really mad at you. Right. And so you just kind of sit, and I guess for me, it's refreshing to be able to be honest about how I feel right. when it comes to this. But, like, why do we need to, like, why do we even need to worry about these lines? You know what I'm saying? Like Because you always, it, it's just that, kind of going back to the Asian culture, right? You want to respect people. Right. Like, we're, we're taught that you got to respect and embrace everybody, but meanwhile, we're just kind of, like, 
hiding because we don't want to piss anyone off because we have feelings. Right. I don't always feel, but that's a feeling that I get. And for, I'm sorry, for me to have a feeling. Like you don't want to complain about your feeling. Yeah. Feeling not fitting in or like whatever it is. And it's that whole, I think other people have worse problems than I do. So I feel like my feelings for this just aren't that bad. Which, yeah, like I'm, yeah, we're not saying anyone's problems are less than ours you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i guess i just get really nervous about coming off the wrong way about feeling weird about being a mom right like yeah you know i don't want to i don't want to discredit anyone's experience i don't want to say one race is better than the other and so i just i feel like i can't talk about it and that's why you hear me I re- I recognize that I'm doing this is I'll say something and be like, oh, but I'm not trying to defend yeah. anyone because it's just so, there's so much sensitivity right now and mm-hmm. I want to embrace everyone's struggles, but it's hard because like, you know, you want to be there to support struggles, but now you've kind of going through your own mental and emotional ones right now and that, that's been kind of my burden that I've been holding that I just unloaded on you today. So thanks for listening to my podcast talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being mixed, like being any race or like any identity like every single path is so unique too so you should never feel like you should never feel like your feelings aren't validated because they're because it's just you like it's just you know I don't know if I'm making any sense but it's unique like you're the path you have as a mixed kid is different than the path I have as a mixed kid and then same thing like even if you're just Chinese like your own path as your with your Chinese identity is so different than all these other people who are Chinese so it's never like that feeling should be invalidated or it's less than or anything because it's just so unique to you. Yeah, I just don't want to come off as, you know, how J-Lo... Did you hear what J-Lo and A-Rod did? No. They, like, made this huge public post about how they're so sad and that they couldn't spend $2.7 billion to buy the Mets. And it was just kind of insensitive timing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I, I just... I'm afraid of coming off that way, mm-hmm. right, with everything that's going on. Right. It's like, oh, why am I griping if I'm safe and I don't have right. to worry about things? But Definitely. But these, everything that's happening right now has me thinking about it, mm-hmm. is how do I navigate and be myself through all of this? Right. Yeah, and I think this is just meant to be an open discussion, too, and, like, we'd love to hear what other, like, how other people feel, too, about, like, their own identities, if you're mixed, if you're not, if you're Asian, if you're white, if you're Latino, like, black, like, whatever you are, like, we would love to hear just, like, yeah, do you relate to us in any sense, you know, or, do, like, have you had similar paths or issues or, like, I don't know, like, I would even be curious to hear from, like, someone of a different race who was dated me before or something like that like was it weird like what was I mean, going on you know i know the whole the, like, episode stopped. with her exes well i think an I've, exes panel only one of them still talks to me <laughs> one of the two oh, I, I i've never so i'm kind of i don't look at dating too seriously so i would date but then they would never go any further so I only have, like, two and a half people I've dated, mm-hmm. and when I say the last two people, um, it was, like, 18 months of friends with Benny's, and I'm like, okay, that was a relationship. I'm just going to call it what it was, yeah. but we wouldn't put a title on it, because we could, still could see other people. Yeah. So, I was in an open relationship? <laughs> Question mark? Question mark. I was in a, I was in a, what is it, a situationship? <laughs> like, a situationship? But, <laughs> situation yeah ship. situation ship that's what you were or in situation ship <laughs> shit <laughs> situation ship 
But I think we can also say that, like, it's kind of cool to announce we finally got all of our social media handles yes. down. Yeah. So if you want to tweet at us, it's at IIGE podcast. Um, if you want to email us, is it good enough at gmail or is it, is it good enough podcast at gmail.com. And then do you remember our Insta at the top of your head? Our Instagram is, is it good enough podcast too? Yes. So comment. I <laughs> yeah. And we're working on like quality content and yeah. stuff like that. I think it's just, we're finding the theme of what we want to be putting on there. But yeah. Navigating our identities, navigating our podcast. We're just on this little lost mixed up journey. Where are we going? But it's kind of a fun journey if you think about it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm learning more about myself. Or, like, at least it's making me think more about myself, too. Like, I don't know if I would just, like, go about my day and be like, I wonder how my identity ties into this. You know what I'm saying? So, I guess, like, the question is, like, how have you found your identity? Mm-hmm. No, it's, like, funny because, like, I'll definitely claim, like, more of one side sometimes depending on my environment. So, like... For instance, at work, like, I work with mostly, like, middle-aged, like, white people. And so, like, I've been showing my coworker, like, boba. And it's the funniest thing. And she, like, loves it. And they, like, they love learning about Asian food and, like, Asian culture and things like that. So, like, I'll take them to some restaurants and I'll show them some foods and things like that. So then I feel like they just kind of look at me and they're like, oh, she's just Asian. But, like, I don't really talk about my Greek side a lot. But then, like, sometimes with other people, like, I'm definitely leaning more into the Greek side or whatever it is. So... Have I found my identity? Not really, but I think at the end of the day, too, like, I just keep telling myself, like, I'm unique, and that's what I should be proud of, and, you know, everyone's so unique in their own sense, so, yeah. Dope. (laughs) What about you? I think my identity is a mixed up Mexican. I think we For real. I feel like our podcast helped me define what I am. Right. And that's... What I am, because like you, so everyone at my job sees me as Asian. Like I'm a national lead for Asian Business Professional yeah. Network, and um, and that's just because it's easy to lean into it. And and for me, because it's different, right? I work in an industry where it is a lot of white males. Yeah. And so you generally join a BRG and being Asian, I'm like, oh, that's something I can connect. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Also, BRGs are, I've been told, a great way to help projectile your career for networking. And so, of course, I got involved. But it's it just, I think the best part about being in that space is that in with those people, and if any of them are listening to this podcast because they've fallen across it, like, I appreciate each and every one of you. Because a lot of the people I work with are actually full Asian. Hmm. And... Um, First-gen parents, or they themselves are the ones that have immigrated over here. But they have never made me feel different for being hmm. uh, a happy. And yeah. they actually embrace and ask my stories. And it's kind of interesting where we talk about asking questions. Is they actually ask me about my experience about being a happy a lot of oh, the really? time. Yeah, they've that's asked awesome. me about what that's like. Because on my mom's side, I'm first gen too. So it's like half of me is an immigrant and half of me is not. And mm-hmm. so... Um, all of those people that I work with day in day out trying to just educate and build professionally with, like they're, they're a special group of people mm-hmm. and it's probably the most inclusive environment aside from our sorority that I've been in to that's be awesome. a happy. So dang, that's they, awesome. yeah, they let me proudly be a mixed up mixed kid there mm-hmm. and it's fun. They embrace it. Yeah, for real. And so it's like, I don't know, I may cut this out too, but like last 
a few weeks ago, Kat told me, oh, oh cut that out too. <laughs> <laughs> we keep our laughs. laughs. Yeah, right? Laugh cut that out. <laughs> cut. Like, um, a few weeks ago, Babs told me that, like, about a new discovery, I guess, in your, like, ethnicity and your identity. So, well, I'll probably just stick that in, like, somewhere in this episode so that we can have that in there. <laughs> but... Basically, she's right. It's still very mixed up, mixed kid vibes, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm so mixed up. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good enough anymore. No, always good enough. Always good enough. I'm, I'm literally the walking, like, I'm literally what our race is going to be in 28 years. Like, I am. Yeah, the you're, the, you're the projected race. I really am. But like I said, the more mixed you are, survival of the fittest, man. Those jeans are like, boom, best jeans. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if I do say so myself. They mixed, yo. <laughs> but, but real, like at this point, I've found out that I am yeah. Asian. And I'm not, I'm, so I'm Chinese. I'm Filipino. I'm Filipino Spanish. And then, so Filipino Spanish Chinese on my mom's side. On my dad's side, some sort of Caucasian. Black. Like, I am... The whole right. picture. Right. I, I am what people might look like. People can look at me as a role model. Yeah, for real. I'm just kidding. Go, you don't have to. It's so true. They totally can. I think you'd be a great role model. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so, would you, so are you. Oh my gosh, thanks. Oh my <laughs> we should totally keep that in there, though. <laughs> role <laughs> So then, I don't know if this is a stupid question, but like, you know how Filipinos are technically just like the original mix? person i guess like not the original but like you know it was like the spanish and then Mm -hmm. you know philippines like i wonder if eventually if like america just keeps mixing so much if it would just really like just be like oh i'm american like people would totally stop saying all the mixed parts they are yeah i think that if we get past this racial disparity Mm -hmm. issue then absolutely yeah and with the philippines you know i know joe coy jokes about it a lot but it's really true it's actually really interesting i've done a lot of research on like native people for different countries Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of native people have very similar a lot of similarities and so you want to get like super sciencey and like Mm -hmm. high higher thing is i was thinking about pangea oh yeah pangea and if you look at native people for all of these different countries, they have so many similarities. And the only thing I can really relate it to is Pangea. Right. Because they were just part, walking everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but there's all, actually also. They're you know, straight and all those They're things. straight. There are straight Filipinos still. And if you right, watch. Like pure. Pure. Mm-hmm. Like there are pure. And it, I don't know if there's like a lead. I don't. I'm so far removed that I don't know if there's like some elite thing with it. But. Um, there are pure Filipinos where there's Filipinos who lived up in the islands, like deep in the mountains. So they were not actually colonized. And if you go to those mountains and you take that trek, you can go there. And that's where, why a lot of Filipinos have like the warrior tattoos Mm -hmm. is because like, that's what that signifies is it it is there. Yeah. So if you look at the native cultures through all of these different countries, like everyone has like tribal tattoos. They have Uh just the way of life. It's yeah. like they're different but similar, kind of like what we are today. Yeah. But Pangea, we're all connected. We're all related. I mean, yeah. Depending on your own belief too, like we all just start from monkeys, like you know. I'm for it. For yeah, just evolution. So yeah, we definitely are all connected. It's just. 
What if we were just like dinosaurs and eggs, but then just like formed weird? <laughs> like the humans coming out of the eggs. Yeah, we're like, ah, <laughs> and then we're like, no more eggs for us. I know that's a little far fetched, and pe- people probably think. <laughs> well, Bill, no, not Bill Nye. Neil, this is random, but Neil deGrasse Tyson solved the what came first, the chicken or the egg. And it had to be like, because people are like, oh, like you need to have the chicken to like have the egg. Like technically, it would probably be the egg. And what happened was, it was just a dinosaur or some other species that had a mutation, and then they became the chicken. So technically, it is the egg. Yeah. And then a different species. So stop saying the chicken came first, guys. It's the egg. Neil deGrasse said. Yeah. <laughs> Neil deGrasse said it was a mutated egg. <laughs> and science. What came first, the half Chinese? No. <laughs> That mixed up, good... mixed kid, or... <laughs> but, like, if we trace the roots back, we're all just Native people. Yeah. Just so all like, mixing up. Yeah, I mean, it, we always joke that, you know, all Chinese, like, who are we all related to? That one guy. Oh, my gosh, it's escaping my mind. Genghis Khan? Yes. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Why did I forget that? Yeah, we're all related <laughs> to Genghis Khan. Like, he... He, he was a big Asian colonizer, like... Yeah, he was an Asian colonizer. Like, he literally... He's like Alexander the Great. Like, let me just spread this here. <laughs> Woo, Genghis Khan. Wait, have you seen a second My Big Fat Greek Wedding? I haven't. I know I need to. Oh my gosh. Is it funny? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like kind of a spoil, but pretty much uh, her dad spends a lot of the episode trying to prove that he's actually related to Alexander the Great. <laughs> I can picture it. Like, oh, I'm... <laughs> no, spoiler alert if he figures it out, but that's part of the storyline. Oh, man. It's pretty fantastic. Wow. I'll need to watch that. Yeah, so there's, like, these guys that are colonizers that you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure we're all related to them because how things went. Right. Science. History. (laughs) Fun. Fun? Question mark? (laughs) I like history. Yeah, I do, too. Oh, boy. Well, I feel like that's honestly what we want to talk about, right? Well, I I think the last question is, like, Even though we talk about all these challenges, is why do you like being mixed? Yeah. Why do I like being mixed? I feel like I definitely touched upon it. Just being unique. Like, like I can go into a room, and the likelihood of someone being half Chinese and half Greek is pretty slim. And if they were, that would be super lit. Like, that would be even more fun. Like, I'd be like, what? But, so, like, I guess it just comes, like, that uniqueness I enjoy. And, you know, I bring, I guess, something different to the table than, you know, sometimes what well I don't want to say that but like I'm gonna cut that out (laughs) but like I just feel like I get to bring like a uniqueness or like something different like I can bring like I can educate these people about these other cultures and it's just fun and then you can just have this fun exchange and you can learn and you know like even one of my roommates like she was Italian and Irish and like that's mixed too She's totally mixed. And, you know, she would have these Italian things they do. And then, you know, Irish people have their own thing. And, you know, it's just it's fun to share these different sides of you with people. And, you know, don't let your fear of, like, not fitting in take away from that. You know, yeah. don't be afraid to share that that you are different. You know, don't feel like you need to fit into just one specific mold. And I think... That's why I like being mixed. I don't I don't need to fit into one specific mold. I fit into the mold that I'm forming for myself. And I think you bring up a great point. Like we just both happen to be like right. mixed up Asian yeah. kids. But you know, Irish and Polish are completely different. Totally, yeah. Greek and Russian are completely totally. different. 
you know, English and French, even though they're, you know, across the pond from each other, completely different. different. Mm -hmm. So everyone has their history. um, And I think that that's a really key point in all of this is that you can be a mix of mixed kid, any color, any Mm -hmm. shape, any height, Mm -hmm. and you're going to pull genetics from all these crazy places. And it will be confusing and you won't have someone who looks like you and you may not have, you know, like similar things to people, but... But it's so much fun when you find people like we found each other who we can just sit here and gripe about it. You know, there's also subtle, subtle happy treats. Oh yeah, I think on I'm in it. I'm totally in it. I think you liked my comment. Now that I think about it, when like <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Actually, I I do think. I think it was on the name thing actually that I because po- I never post in there, but I did write a comment when someone's like, "What's the most irritating yeah. thing someone says to you? You don't look like a name." Yeah, and I liked it. I was like, "Okay, Dubs, I see you." <laughs> <laughs> but uh-uh, I will add some of my. I, I like being flavorful. I like the fact that I'm educated about the world through my experiences and. You know, as much as it's painful, sometimes emotionally scarring to be discredited from both sides of what you're mixed with. At the end of the day, I know that I live a super cool life because of it. Like, Mm -hmm. we take off the shoes when you walk in the house. And then during the holiday season, we have a Christmas tree and a Hanukkah bush. And, you know, a menorah. We also call it Christmas tree a Hanukkah bush because it's funny. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of people do that. It's (laughs) hilarious. But, you know, it's just... I don't know. I like being unique. I like being, in quotes, exotic. Right. It's part of the fun. I don't know why. I always just, I always just think to like weddings because I just think that's like just super fun. Just when it's all mixed up. Yeah. And it's so different. And then you, these people from your family are experiencing these things. Like for my mom, like she was the first Asian person to marry a white person in her family. So she had. She was the first one to really have like that big. She got baptized and then had a wedding in a Greek church and then, you know, had this big wedding and they were doing Greek dances and it's like all, her whole family got to experience this whole new thing and you get to share these new experiences with people. I think it's awesome to just be open and keep mixing like that. I'm if so they're... ready to go to your wedding because I already know all the dances. Like, I, I got The this. circle one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know all of them. Mm-hmm. I know Zona Oh, yeah, you I used know, to do Greek dancing. I know to go I know Sierto, I know it all. Yeah. Bring it. I sent you that picture. It's legit, though. Like, I legit sent her a picture of me in old, you like, post Greek. That. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you take like, the lead on it. Like, mixed up, mixed kid things. But that's, like, super mixed because I'm not even Greek. I'm just confused <laughs> at that point. No, I, my dad's second wife was Greek Orthodox, so we were yeah. Greek Orthodox from here. I told you, I've been through a lot with religion. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. But. I think yeah. closing off, just no matter what, like, whatever ethnicity you are, no matter how mixed up you feel, just remember that, like, you're always unique and just value yourself and value, you know, your differences and your own uniqueness. And when you can love yourself, you can love others. And I think at the end of the day, the confusion is always going to be there. But as long as you can remember the bigger picture, you can get through that yes. because... I don't like saying, you know, I understand we need negativity for karmic balance and stuff, but I think that we spend too much time maybe getting upset out of things that maybe we can just push to the side because I look back on that experience of someone telling me, oh, you were an Asian and stuff. And after I processed it with some really great friends who helped me to understand that, you know what, I am Asian enough. I do know that struggle. Like people I know have that struggle, so therefore I can feel it too. And... I was just like, ever since then, I'm fine. Right. But yeah, maybe that, go that comment was even like 
maybe it was a door for discussion. Like maybe that was coming from something they had to navigate to themselves, you know? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But sometimes people say things just because they're hurting. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe they just need to navigate through something, too. And it could have been... It's not an excuse to hurt others, though. Don't say mean shit for no reason. Yeah. Actually, just don't be mean. Yeah. Let's all love each other. (laughs) Yeah, please. I just want world peace. Right. And I guess the last thing we would say is just remember that you are good enough. You are. Yeah. So when you're questioning, is this good enough or am I good enough? You are. (laughs) We love everybody. Yeah. Black, white, Asian, yeah. or I guess black, white, yellow. Yeah. Share <laughs> share your journeys of, like, navigating your identity and your race and your ethnicity yes. and stuff. We would love to hear it, so. And if you're not comfortable attaching your name, we will share your story. Because we want to share more stories. Yes, so tweet please us, share stories. Slide into our DMs, slide into our email, all of it. Yeah. Maybe we can even get you on the podcast one day, get you guys talking. Sibling... Sibling panel, hey bros, if you're listening. <laughs> and sisters, my sisters. And, yeah, and sisters. If they want to participate, but. Well, that's a great one. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. You good enough? <laughs>